Thank you so much. Now, I don't know if you've ever counted, but how many times do you think you have conducted Messiah? I reckon it's about 130, something like that. Uh, I do about five, six, seven a year, and I've been doing them every year since, oh, let me see, 1986. So I reckon I'm up there somewhere, certainly over 100. So, Nicholas, we've had the pleasure of working a Messiah with you before, and as you've mentioned, you've obviously done it a fair bit with other orchestras. How do you find uh, it changes as you sort of travel around with your interpretation with different orchestras? Well, the interpretation is never the same, uh, is one thing. There's so many factors that change. For example, sometimes I'm doing it with period instruments, sometimes with modern instruments, and the soloists are always different, so they are providing their own... So it isn't as if I have, you know, my tempo and my interpretation of a particular aria. It's what that particular singer will do that particular day. Lots of things change, too. The size of the chorus changes greatly. And uh, sometimes I do it with cuts, sometimes I do it complete. Now, this won't, as Jeff mentioned, this won't be the first time that you will have conducted the TSO through Messiah. What are the particularities with that ensemble? Um, well, first of all, it's Roy Thompson Hall, which is great to work in. And then usually the chorus is quite large, which is great. In the past, I've also done the Mozart version, which is a very different piece from the original Handel. Now, with the chorus, actually, I'm curious if you could explain what changes if, with a small chorus versus a huge chorus. Well, the speeds, actually. It's the difference between driving a little sports car and driving a great big Bentley. <laughs> a little chorus, um, you can take things really fast if you want to. But if you've got the difference between, say, six sopranos and 60, is quite a big difference. Do you have any particular favorite moments in the piece that still really get you even 150 performances in? Oh, they change, they change. With a, a terrific chorus, you know, something like the Hallelujah Chorus gets me every time, I have to say. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. He was despised, you know, it's a wonderful, very, very sad aria. And I could remember years ago when we recorded it, we had, I think, 15 minutes left in a session. And Lorraine Hunt-Lieberson um, oh, yeah. recorded an alternative version of that, which was 11 minutes long. Um, and we did it in one take. Wow. She was an unbelievable singer. Oh, it was amazing. You could have heard a... You literally could have heard a pin drop. I mean, it was quite extraordinary. Wow. Amazing. I'm wondering uh, what you would say to audience members, even people who have heard Messiah many times, is there something that maybe they might not have noticed in the score, something new that you would love for audiences to listen for when they hear Messiah next? Um, I don't know if there's anything new. There's a lot of layers of the piece. One of the things that is brilliant, I think, is actually not in the music. It's actually Charles Jennings, who is the librettist, is how incredibly well each act of Messiah flows together. Jennings took the texts from the King James Bible and the Book of Common Prayer, and he chose the particular translations from the Hebrew and the Greek so that they would be the easiest ones to sing. And then the order in which he puts everything makes for the maximum sense of drama. 
Nicholas, it's such a pleasure to hear you talk about it and to hear your passion. 160 performances in. We're looking forward to five more with you here in Toronto. Can't wait.